Hello and welcome to the Matt Belair podcast. As an explorer of the mind and world, author and coach, I have spent a lifetime learning how to push my limits and achieve my highest potential. My mission is to bring you the most inspiring, conscious, and empowering teachers, leaders, and thinkers on the planet. To bring you stories, lessons, and messages that will help you master your mind, body, and spirit. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello, hello, wonderful citizen of planet Earth. What a privilege to be with you again today. We have another epic episode for you. We have Dr. Allison J.K. on the podcast, and she's talking about the vibrational upgrade system and uncovering hidden motives. We dive into a lot of different topics. Uh, She is kind of a no-nonsense, straightforward type of girl, Um, and uh, it's a really amazing episode. So we talk about um, learning about the Dantian and fitness, uh, what she learned from the East, because she studied, she spent a decade in Asia uh, learning from masters over there, so really interesting um, educational background. We talk about uh, why energy work can no longer be considered woo-woo because of all the science we have around it. Um, training in Ayurveda, uh, the conspiracy for your bliss. I love that. Uh, what an epic phrase she introduced me to. Um, we talk about going through the chakra system, uh, dealing with neglect and rejection. We talk about um, overcoming and and uh, getting through and past blocks. Uh, we talk about the spiritual marketplace and why everyone sucks at meditation. So that's just a bit of what we cover. There's so much epic content in this episode, so I know that you're going to enjoy it. And today I have a very special announcement because from one podcast to another, I know the amount of work and dedication and intention it takes to create a fantastic podcast. And since I know you all want to master your mind, body, and spirit, I want to share with you another podcast I think you might like, especially for my female listeners. It's called Mind Love. Mind Love is all about the incredible role of the mind in happiness, health, and success. Think of it like your weekly action plan toward a better you and a better life. Each episode includes an expert interview with top leaders in consciousness exploration And what really sets Mind Love apart is its willingness to cover bold topics a lot of people feel weird talking about. So if you're loving my show, obviously we love talking about interesting topics, mind-expanding topics, and all those things that some people might think are too woo-woo or too out there. So it's definitely my kind of show. Host Melissa Monty shares her own raw personal stories, including her downward spiral and what it took to bounce back from rock bottom and into a more intentional life. So go check out Mind Love to give your mind a little love today. And on that note, I want to thank my podcast sponsor and partner, the Himalaya Podcast app. They're extremely awesome. They're free, super easy to use, and it has every single podcast you could be looking for or hoping for. It has personally curated playlists made just for you by our expert podcast, Tastemakers. It also has follows, so you can follow listeners and their favorite shows and creators. It's going to help you bring to light more shows you may not have heard about, uh, just like Melissa Mont and other shows there's a really great uh it's a really great platform a really awesome way to listen to podcasts is how i do it so make sure to give the master mind body and spirit show a follow when you're over there try out the app uh, see what you think and i'm sure you're going to enjoy it i want to thank all of my supporters all of my uh Patrons, everyone who supported the show, thank you so much, Maria Soto, who tossed a buck in the bucket. It really does help. If you want to support the show, shares, reviews, Patreon, all of that is pure gold, and I'm so grateful. Um, It allows me to keep the show going, and I appreciate you guys. For those of you guys who are interested in coaching, um, if you are just, it's interesting because I get emails sometimes where people think, like, oh, I was really nervous to reach out. You know, most of the clients I work with are, you know, regular, everyday people, and we work together to build a life that can sustain you through your passion so we start to get connected to your passion to your purpose to your life mission so that's the main work so anybody who wants some support doing that 
or in peak performance or you want me to train your staff or do a talk, just hit me up at matt at zenathlete.com. I love working with you guys. I love working with groups of people. So just hit me up. Let me know where you are in the world, uh, what you need, and we will curate something specifically for you and your team. So I think that wraps it up. Thanks so much for listening to this incredible episode. Let's come into a state of peace and coherence. So wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and just let it out slowly, filling yourself with joy, peace, contentment, and empowerment, and ready to take on this incredible episode with Dr. Allison J.K. Hello and welcome to the Mastermind, Body, and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. For more than 25 years, today's guest has practiced as a mind-body energy healer founding the Vibrational Upgrade System, and working in yoga, meditation, qigong, energy medicine, mind-body fitness, longevity, and holistic health with a specialization in the chakra system. Considered one of the leading experts in her field, she has taught around the world and has written two books, the award-winning What If There's Nothing Wrong, an international bestseller, Vibrational Upgrade, A Conspiracy for Your Bliss, Easing Humanity's Evolutionary Transition. Welcome to the show, Dr. Allison J.K. Happy to be here with you, Sir Matt. Is it okay to call you Sir Matt? I guess. <laughs> You've no been ever, knighted. All right. No one's, ever, no one's ever called me that before. I'll take it. Yeah, I just knighted you apparently. <laughs> I'll take it. Well, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to have you on the show. You, you, I know you have a busy schedule, so I appreciate you uh, fitting this in and, and sharing some of your work with us. Why don't you give us a little background on like who you are and uh, how you got to where you are today? Because I shortened your bio a lot. There's definitely a lot, a lot of stuff there. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about what's most relevant with your background. Um, so I lived over in Asia for 10 years and what made me move there was I had already been practicing energy medicine for, I think probably eight years at that time and had already been meditating and teaching meditation for about a decade by that point. And so what I was also seeing was that as a teacher using my bachelor's degree, I went and got a master's in politics and after my first career in politics and saw that the system was too entrenched at that time to change into something more harmonious with humanity and the planet. So I I saw that if change was going to happen, it was going to happen one by one. And so I went back in, I went using my bachelor's in English literature to teach it. And alongside that started, I got trained in energy medicine my last year in my graduate uh, studies and then started doing sessions alongside the classroom teaching. And after a couple of years, I was horrified because I was struggling way too much uh, to make ends meet as a teacher with simple needs, organic produce, massage a week, a Ford Escort, simple basic housing. And it wasn't okay with me. I had already traveled around the world uh, a bit and was used to adventure and fun in life. And I wasn't in agreement to squelching myself into a box for the rest of my life. Um, I, w- I just wasn't in agreement with that. I know we're meant to live from this e- continuingly expansive field of possibilities and upgrading. So I eventually within a month after recognizing that and saying, okay, so what else is possible? I got given the opportunity to go to an international school system uh, conference. I got job offers around the world. I chose Asia because I was like, okay, cool. This is destiny. I'm meant to go there so I can better, so I can improve the results and make them more robust for my clients. I knew I wanted to learn more and I wanted to go to the source of the understanding of energy. And so I did. And so like day in and day out, I'd drive my scooter. Yeah, I'd go to the gym and I'd work out with the local Taiwanese and I'd get talk with them about like their approach to fitness and look at the contrast. I mean, to be a bodybuilder in the traditional Chinese culture, it's like, it's an inside out turn for them. Um, it goes against foundational Taoist philosophies and, and Chinese principles. Yet, when I was approaching and having already done work within my chakra column and already doing yoga, and then I learned Qigong like in my second year of living over there to help me better integrate holistically the approach as I was seeing my Chinese friends do in the gym. And so I could understand some of the things that they said from an approach an embodied perspective instead of intellectually just hearing their words and going, yeah, I get that's a concept. That's cool. I wanted to understand more about like, okay, so if I apply a a push 
for like the chest press or for the lap pull down, I could be doing this differently than if I just did the lap pull down mechanically, you know? And so I started to understand how to work with the Dan Tian. I started to understand how the Dan Tian of Qigong, which is the basis of all martial arts, as you know, uh, relates to the second chakra in the yogic practices. I went to India and got um, certified to teach yoga formally, but I had already been teaching yoga and meditation um, from years of practice. And so there was an integration of what we get presented in the West, which tends to be at that superficial and mechanical level and a filler in like from the inside out of, okay, so if this half of the world understands that energy is more important than matter, then, okay, let's go for it. What does that mean? <laughs> so I got to learn lots of stuff about like, even the approach to eating, like people over there, uh, not everybody, you know, West, they're Westernized, they're modernized, they eat McDonald's and blah, blah, blah. But there's like this understanding of if they eat certain foods, as they start to get a sore throat, they, there's like this understanding to go to certain foods. And it's beyond the like, you know, mama nurturing of chicken noodle soup if you're not a vegetarian. Um, there's like this, this integration of emotions, body, consciousness, and mind, which life forces permeates in and between that we just don't have in the West. And since I've come back in 2010 from that decade in Asia, Everything I do, it's been about professionalizing the understanding of energy medicine. So I've had a few interviewers out of the, um, I don't know at this point, thousands of interviews that I've given throughout the years. A few of them in the mainstream media use the word woo-woo. And I was like, why would you? I actually shot right back at them. And I said, at this point, to consider this stuff, woo-woo, is ignorant. You're dismissing what half of the rest of the world believes and values and you're only living at the surface of life. So why don't you get updated instead of approaching it from a distance judgmental perspective that's in resistance to it? And what is in you that's in fact in resistance to looking beneath the surface? So there's this like inside out turning that's happening in our awakening times. And the timing's crazy, Matt. You know, it's like, I, I see this bigger thread throughout my entire life. And I've always lived from my guidance. I, I, I've had at different times to make these choices that no one around me has made or was making. I've always been like about 10 years ahead of the pack and that, you know, caused conflict even as a teen with my parents when I was choosing a, a different university and a different track than what they say, than say what they had wanted or preferred for me. Um, not that they were too forceful, but they had an image of what they wanted their kids to turn out like. And I was not going to be told what to do with this life. I, I had to have it received from my guidance and it had to align. So um, when I came back, I was given this opportunity or possibility from Voice America to be a radio show host about the galactic alignment in December 21st of 2012. And I wasn't focusing at all on that. I was having scientists on my show, uh, interviewing them about the latest cutting edge tools to measure subtle energy. I was having monks. Well, I was having the translator of the Dalai Lama. I mean, I was having some high level guests on the show and I wasn't focusing on the Mayan um, predictions in other cultures predictions of this December 21st 2012 date and its meaning but I went away checked told them I'd get back to them checked with my guidance and it was such a loud yes I had to do it and so I started bringing on specialists and experts around it and I started to get educated and understanding how significant and what that date actually has meant so me coming back and talking about the need how the West has a dearth and of, of um, missing a fullness of the experience of life by dismissing energy and by being afraid of, let's say, alchemy or afraid of anything of the invisible, not even just supernatural, but just that which is not physically tangible. We, we are missing a whole chunk of life and it's leading to more healthcare issues. It's leading to less wellness, et cetera. So that aligned though with these awakening times the 20 year window from 2012 to 2032, where it's humanity's spiritual awakening. And so I've, I've, I realized, you know, the destiny that I, I, I'm, I've been given and chosen apparently in some ways and just working with it. And I'm, I'm so blessed. I mean, I, I love helping people not just awaken, 
what does that mean to awaken? It means to come out of the ego. So how do we in the West who we're pounded with egocentric living, how do we learn to pare down the egocentric living? How do we work with our thoughts and then actually hear what our body's saying and then actually honor what it's saying and then actually choose what it's suggesting to do? I mean, those are huge levels and different. And I work with people to get from one of those levels to the next. Like, okay, I can, I can now see, Allison, the difference between my intuition and my thinking mind. How do I, how do I trust it? And then, okay, so I got this guidance, Allison, but I have all this doubt come up and I'm scared um, to take this step. I mean, it, 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 it's just so phenomenal doing this work right now. <laughs> I can go on and on. I won't because I want to interact a little bit more. What, yeah, how well, are you doing with yeah, that? Good. Yeah, no, that was all excellent. And, uh, you know, I spent some time in Asia as well. And it's important to consider that, yeah, it's a whole side of the world that believes in this philosophy from the inside out, that it's a part of their culture. It's a part of their history. And it works. You know, when you talked about um, – then, you know, when there's something going wrong, they would know exactly what food to eat. When I had uh, Brian Francis on, who's a Native American, he would say that they had a different word for like everything, like the type of tide coming in the type of tree and yeah. working with uh, David Lombard Senapas, they would have the exact same thing. Like they would know exactly what plant to go get for, you know, whatever was whatever the problem was. And that came from nature. And it also came from their innate knowing and we're so disconnected from that. So you brought up a lot of points and you know where I'd like to go with this because obviously yeah. you have a, a huge background. I love one of your, um, your, your book titles because um, it says vibrational upgrade, which is awesome, but then a conspiracy for your bliss. And a lot of people I think in the Western world, they're not even generally happy, then I'm blissful. Like, what are you talking about? Like, bliss and like you know abundance and like fulfillment like what is that you know they can't even imagine that so i'm curious with all the energy that work that you've done and understanding all these different things what are some practical tools for us to begin to embody that and and work with this energy within ourselves to understand it and to make those distinctions that you just referenced okay i'm gonna get up and get some green tea and take you with me how's that <laughs> sounds awesome is that is that where it all starts with green tea or Li Cha, yeah. as they say it in Chinese, perhaps, yeah. <laughs> well, realistically, I mean, here's one of the uh, longevity supplements I use. I, I don't get anything from this company, uh, so I don't mean to be doing an advertisement, but they have something <laughs> in India called Trivana Pravash, and it's this longevity tonic that, I mean, I could open it for you, Matt, and show it to you. It looks like you're going to eat tar. Um, I'm all about super supplements. Lay them on me. Oh, well, oh I have seen that before. So when I was in India for my yoga teacher training, there you go, Mappy. It's from Mappy, MaharishiAyurveda.com. And they were the only company that did the sacred chanting over the 500 herbs that are used in this. It's, when I was in India, uh, part of my yoga teacher training was to train with uh, an Ayurvedic doctor. It was a really thorough pro uh, program I was in, um, created by an Indian guy and an, his wife, an Irish woman. So it was really geared towards Westerners. And... Uh, he turned me on to the Chavana Pravash, and there's 500 sacred herbs, and they're all used for longevity. And then um, it's, it's sacredly chanted over with sacred texts from, um, excuse me, I think it's the Lotus Sutra. So there's only one company in the United States that honors that sacred process where I was based for the 10 years um, after the yoga teacher training during a Chinese New Year break. I couldn't find, I, I couldn't find any quality ones in India. Um, and I couldn't, and I wanted to buy, I brought back what I could find in India and then I wanted to order more. And so I found out about this company in the United States and Oprah had apparently been there. It's in Iowa. They have a dome where a thousand people sit there and meditate. So, I mean, this is, this is what we're talking about. Like there was a genuine substance instead of being like trendy, there's a genuine substance uh, in, in, in the energy, like it, it's aligned and you can feel it and, and, and making choices from there is one of the basic tools. Um, and you and I were talking about that right before we started recording this, making the, the basic choices that, so one of the things, I have so many different responses to your question happening right now. So let me just tune in to see which one best wants to come first now. So one of the concepts I see Westerners mess up a lot is the expectation that they're supposed to be happy all the time. 
I was around monks all the time, almost every day when I lived there. And it's a brilliant backdrop to live amongst where you see this like symbolic meaning to you of, oh, over here, people work with their minds. They go within. They understand that if I'm mad about something you did, that's my work, not your work. So then realizing that they weren't all walking around smiling. I remember the first time when I was in Bangkok and I saw a monk with a cell phone and a cigarette. And I was like, oh my God, wow, okay, got to work that one around now. Because <laughs> that was a little conflictual with what I had expected to see, you know. Um, but like in Thailand, they have mandatory monk service um, for two years. If you don't go into the military, you, you have to go into the monastery for two years as a monk. Could you imagine living in a culture that had that as a requirement? It's intense. Could you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you talked about the the monks with the cell phone, I I did a month a little bit more in Tibet, you know, meditating with monks and uh, teaching English in the morning, and then um, older uh, having conversations with older monks in the afternoon, and going down the streets and seeing them with cell phones. It was a little bit of a like, what the heck? Um, but one of the things that I learned from that experience was that they were just regular people too. They were just figuring it out in a different way. Um, go, you know, they had a different philosophy, a different idea, but also at the root, they were regular people. Yeah. And so they don't expect to be happy. They, they don't like my Chinese friends didn't automatically push away. Um, something that wasn't joyous. They didn't expect to walk around fulfilled all day, every day. And there's an expectation I know that we have, I don't know about Canada as much, but in America, we're bred to believe that we have the right to be happy. And if we're not, something's wrong. We should probably go to psychoanalysis or take medication. <laughs> it's so massively marketed Medication here. first. Medication first. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the expectation that, you, that you're... So when I say a conspiracy for your bliss, as a subtitle to my second book, and I've written my third one, it's, got, it's temporarily titled Reasonable Dragons, or it is titled Reasonable Dragons, and it's due to release next month. Um, so you guys keep your eyes out for that Reasonable Congratulations. Dragons. Congratulations. It's huge. That's awesome. Way to go. Thank you. Thanks, Matt, for that. You're welcome. Um, it was, it was, it, this is the uh, most fun I've had out of the books I've written. This is, this is definitely the funnest one. Um, so do you know which one it is? Is it most fun or funnest as a former English literature creative writing teacher? Oh God, my grammar is terrible. I, I, I really get upgrade that huge. It's so fun. I don't know what it was, but like, apparently with grammar, I just like completely missed the boat. I just put commas where I feel like, uh, like <laughs> my, my girlfriend tells me I just, I write how I talk, which is like long winded and just one massive thought. So I am not the person to ask. I'll accept both as acceptable. <laughs> Okay, cool. I don't think it's out there. Like I think spell autocorrect has messed that up permanently. <laughs> All right. So um, the, that third book, Reasonable Dragons, is the most fun I've had writing a book yet because I'm really going like full circle with the first books, What If There's Nothing Wrong. I wrote that the last year in Taiwan and it started from my PhD dissertation. And I got taken in this direction that I couldn't believe I was getting taken in at first. And I just kept allowing it to happen and it became a 419 page book. And it's looking at, um, the short of it is looking at how, if we work with our consciousness all the way through, not just meditating to get more peaceful or to um, become more calm or to become more enlightened or to have a, a parasympathetic nervous system act activation. But if we follow the process and continue to meditate on a daily basis, we get to the point of living understanding that whatever comes in, there's, there's nothing wrong. So the further along in that working with the mind and observing the thoughts and the re the, the, now we add in, this is like the brilliance. And I love what I was guided to Matt because, and I feel like I can say this to you because I've combined meditation with energy medicine and I have a PhD as a holistic life coach, which I like, you saw me toss. Like, I don't really consider that important. It was more for like, appearances for people, you know, oh, wow, she has a PhD. But I mean, my real training with the experiences in the decade in, in Asia, and then all of the years spent in channeling energy and understanding what it does in, in our systems and in people's systems. So what am I saying right now? The, the meditation combined with the energy medicine 
it's such a, that's the vibrational upgrade system that I've created. It's such a complete picture because people can get the mind body connection cut. So let's say, for example, um, let me just tune in for a second and see what would benefit your listeners most. Okay. In the world of bodybuilding, um, and I know that that's not where you come from, but in the, in the world of taking care of the body, I've seen like an edge that people can come up against myself as well. I have had to do work with this as a woman um, between I love having a chiseled, healthy, lean body towards not accepting what's on the body and having to fight against it. And so when that fight starts, when that resistance starts against what's showing up on the body and wanting to get rid of it, the difference that makes in somebody's energy field in then leaning down the body, if that's what they're concerned about, or then in bulking up the biceps, if that's what they're concerned about. So then I know at that point, when it goes over the line of healthy interest in, you know, making my body as chiseled and all it can be and function like a machine of, of miracles on a daily basis, countless miracles. Then I go to the third chakra because that's, that's um, confidence and self-valuing and self-worth. And I, I, I smell it out. I don't just automatically go to the third chakra because I always check in with my guidance because I don't care about opinions. And how much advice is given out there? You know, how many coaches are out there just giving advice? How many people want to take the advice from their friends and parents? How many people want to hear another, you should? I don't want to do that. That's not what I'm here to do. And I'd be going and living on an island, surfing and having a lot more fun, you know, playing without this mission if, if what I did didn't work. So I, I, I see that what I do works, which is deferring to, okay, smelling it out and seeing what their unique configuration is. Oh, okay. So they had three sisters. They were in competition with dad favored older sister, mom favored younger sister. And so they feel like if they get the edge on their physical body, then they can, then they are the ones that are, then they're going to get noticed and then they're going to get the approval and the love. So then I have to work with the first chakra, the third chakra and the fourth chakra. So as I'm clearing out the unconscious beliefs of, I have to have a perfect body to get love. I have to have a perfect body to get, to gain over others. I have to get approval because I don't naturally have it. Just taking those three, that directs me with which chakras to go to. I then do the clearing system that I've developed to, clear, to get to the unconscious and subconscious blocks and remove them. So that's cutting the mind-body connection. Meanwhile, they are habituated to thinking that they're less than and must improve their body to be at this certain level to get that valuing and that approval and that edge that they subconsciously are driven by. The estimate is at least 85% of everything we choose on a daily basis is robotic from the subconscious or the unconscious. It's not even you know, our conscious mind. And in the example of when we get into a car to drive, we've already been taught to drive. So when we master a skill, we tuck it down into the subconscious. But when we're learning the skill, we'll go, okay, hand on our on gear shaft going to reverse foot on brake okay now i have finished reverse reversing foot back on brake put car in drive and now put foot on gas we don't do that when we get in the car we just go because we've locked it down into the subconscious now that it's a mastered skill so it's not only that that gets tucked into the subconscious but traumas do from ages zero to eight we're busy making all these conclusions about how to do life on planet earth and those Go to the unconscious level. Karma tends to sit in the subconscious and be distributed throughout our body depending on the relevant chakra. So I, knowing all of this, and I could go on and on about that because it's honestly my expertise, and I do go on and on about it, especially in that, my first two books. <laughs> um, and then to my people who come to me for training in the system, because I bring in anatomy, I bring in yoga, I bring in uh, qigong, I bring in um, personal training, which I'm also certified in, I bring in longevity and fitness and nutrition, I bring in the meditation, I bring in the mindfulness, and it's all combined as, as one beautiful package. So as I'm clearing out these subconscious and unconscious blocks that relate to a certain chakra, so the wheel that a chakra is in Sanskrit to English translation doesn't turn the chi or the prana. So then that tissue, that endocrine gland, here it's the thyroid, the side, and then the relevant beliefs that this chakra covers don't get, so I just did the mind, the body, and the spirit. So mind is, 
is consciousness. So the belief, I'm pointing to the throat right now. So one of the thoughts that is at an unconscious or subconscious level that blocks the throat chakra is, I'm, I, I can't choose that. I have too many obligations. I have to support my family in order to pay the mortgage and get the kids covered on health insurance. I'm not free to choose to do what I want. I'm burdened. I'm obligated. So that would, for example, throat, that's relevant to the throat chakra. So it restricts at the throat chakra. So then the chi or the prana isn't turning the wheel and the vital life force isn't getting through to that part of the consciousness, the spirit, or that part of the body. So as it gets opened, more vital life force, force gets flushed through, and then they have an easier time coming out of the old pattern, but they're still going to hear their mind nattering on, but it's just going to be defueled. So, so you know how you have a thought in the ones that trigger you, you get attached to? That attachment, that emotional uprising that attaches as the response or rather the reaction to that thought, that is what gets cut. But then it's like the mind has this like momentum, like the wind up teeth that walk on a counter that seems like it also needs to get wound down. So then the coaching comes in around mindfulness where it, they're given a redirect to come out of the old thinking. So the, the, both the mental habituation and the mind body connection that is the automated reaction where it seems like there's no choice but to think that that's where I spend most of my time at is people seeing that oh like where they have just always been that way not even knowing it could be any different like if they're saying to me I want to get my business up level Dallas and I know I'm here to do a lot more and I want to get my message out there more we'll work on that but what I'm in the background doing is I'm working on like where they learned that they needed to stay small because their stepfather was annoyed by having her around is an example for one of my clients. And so she learned to not be seen and not be heard. And that's not helping her as a business owner needing to get new clients, for example. So she didn't even, and then another realization is she, that shifted from me bringing up the unconsciousness and clearing it, is um, not having to link her success in with self-esteem. Like proving herself to, that she is successful because she has success as a business owner. And then therefore she can be confident. All of that proving of self, it's so like much Thor's hammer in America, um, but especially in America, but that proving of self, if, if we switch that over and deal with issues of neglect, whether physical, emotional, or psychological, issues of rejection, uh, both of those are the root chakra. Somewhere along the line, she was taught that she didn't have the right to be here. And so I have had to go in and, and clear that out with the techniques I use at the unconscious level. It relates to the root and the third chakra. And now she's saying, wait a minute. So I have the right to have success without having to prove it just because I'm, I'm here. I mean, I have the right to be here, so I don't have to be busy proving myself. So like people, it, it, so I'm working in an area, it's really challenging to market it, honestly, because I'm working in an area that when we're marketing, and speaking to people, it's the conscious mind. Now, granted, my energy is giving a transmission and I'm modeling a different feeling and vibration. But when we're using words to market and somebody's reading it, it's their conscious mind. And, and sure, words get transmissions too, definitely. But there's so what I'm wanting to communicate is it is a conspiracy for our bliss. We are wired to be happy. Our third chakra, our solar plexus chakra, our upper belly, the beginning of our digestive tract. If we're not joyous about what we're manifesting out there in the world, then that full to our full energy supply. And then because it's connected to the pancreas, we'll likely, every chakra is connected to one of the major endocrine glands, will likely turn to caffeine or um, complex carbs for the stimulus because we're running short on energy because if it were open and balanced, we'd, the belief of I'm joyous or the, the feeling of I'm joyous about what I'm creating out there or manifesting out there naturally keeps that chakra more open. So the wheel it is turns about more vital life force in the area. And so part of what's in that third chakra is the fire element and the power to manifest out there. So it, 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 we are wired to not necessarily walk around happy and joyous and smiling and laughing all the time, but we are wired within and living within a universe that every single molecule and every single little chi life force, everything that comes out of my hands 
has love at the core of it. How the fuck could the ball that we live on be held up in, the, in gravity? I mean, you can explain the science to me, fine. I mean, I have a ridiculously rational mind. That 419 pages is all about the science, you know, helping people accept energy better. Um, as the first book when I came back to the West. But realistically, the Native Americans refer to God as some of the tribes use great mystery as the name for God. So it's like, it's, it's, there's so much. I, I felt it time and time again. I've seen it with my clients, like this beautiful wiring and behind all existence that you are meant to be healthy and relatively happy, not like this abundant joy where you're just like, not that level, but like joy and well-being and love and, and, and totally provided for. I mean, we are provided for if we take care of it. I don't mean to sound like other people right now, but the earth is plentiful and abundant. And we like when there was an oil spill in the Gulf of Mexico, right as I was returning, apparently um, a suddenly discovered bacteria all of a sudden, because the Gulf of Mexico is really shallow, um, didn't have enough depth for the cleaning of the oil. So the oil rose more and hung more on the surface under the heat, which made it stay even longer. So all of a sudden, a new bacteria came to the surface of the ocean and started to eat up the oil, naturally. I mean, I'm not saying let's sit back and allow global warming to continue, you know, I, I, but there is such an inherent wiring for the mind, the body, and the spirit to collaborate together for us to just be in joy, that all of the disruption to that comes from stuff that can be cleared. And if we were not what I just described and our existence wasn't what I just described, we wouldn't be able to clear trauma. We wouldn't be able to heal something. We'd stay negative. We'd stay heavy. It's saying that our internet connection is unstable. No, you cut, out, you cut out a little bit, but you're back. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. Well, you said a whole bunch there, you know, and I, I have reference yeah. to and understand most of it, um, you know, and as far as the esoteric and the science, like it, it, it all makes sense to me i don't know how much it makes sense to other people like for for what i've studied and looked at as far as energy and the way the body works and mind body connection i understand um most of what you're talking about and my question would be you know if someone's listening to this what can they do to start to use that like how do they like okay i follow you you know like maybe i've got like these unconscious beliefs or i've got whatever old programming, what can, what's, what do they do about it? Like if they start want to learn about their own energy system, clearing old negative limiting patterns, um, connecting more with, you know, the energy within their body, the energy in nature, however you view that, what, what are some things that they can do or does it require someone like um, doing something? Cause that, or is it a technique or, or strategy they can use themselves? So that's a really great question. I get it out, asked it all the time, but I like how you phrase it for some reason um, better than how it's usually phrased. Um, because you gave the option of, or does it require somebody else? Because when I'm answering that question and the interviewer doesn't task, doesn't give me the opportunity to choose that option of it requires somebody else, I feel like I'm marketing and I feel like I'm, I'm convincing people or I'm doing some underhanded thing. But realistically, when I've hit a wall, or when, which isn't very often in my life, frankly, but when I know that I'm not an owl with a 360 neck and I know I'm not seeing something, I've gone to somebody else to get my back, to see what I'm not seeing. Um, it, it, the nature of blocks is that they're unconscious and subconscious. So you can't see them with your conscious mind. So I, my first major in, in college was psychology and I quit it. Because I, all I saw them focusing on was hardwiring, and they were trying to validate themselves as a hard science at the time. They weren't showing me how do we thrive in mind, body, and spirit, or how do we um, have the most vibrant, successful lives ever. Uh, so I switched the major. But you, if you, so when you go to psychoanalysis, so you go to therapy, you're talking about a story over and over again. You're you're locking down the free flowing. Um, energy to become a particle that just solidifies the past, solidifies the story. So what we want to do, in, because you're talking about it at the conscious level. So what we want to do is get to the unconscious and subconscious. And the way to do that is you could go 
um, and sit in meditation because meditation practice over time, especially if you have a 30 minute practice instead of a 20 minute practice between tw minute 20 and minute 30, that's when the subconscious really starts to be able to, you've gone deep enough that your subconscious is now starting to come to the surface and flush, which is in part why I'm able to do this work. And what's definitely given me an edge as an energy medicine practitioner is the decades of meditation doing that on myself. But I'll tell you what, in all frankness, what took me five years, I'm walking clients through in a year with the system I've developed. It's, it, it, so I got what I asked for. <laughs> How do I make the results for my, my clients more patient, more uh, robust and quicker? Um, so you can work with yourself. You could come out of a meditation um, and then do a free write. I used to teach this a lot. I still use it with my clients, but in the classroom when I was teaching English lit classes to get the kids to generate an essay topic, like the ones when they were doing college applications to find out what would be the best way to approach their college app. Cause these guys were all going to like Duke and uh, the Ivy leagues in, in the international schools I was working in. And so they had a lot of stress. And so um, I taught them how to free write so they could pick out the essay topic and the best approach from their intuition. So you could go into 10 minutes of free writing after you meditate and see what your higher self brings through. If you hate meditation or you say that it sucks and you can't do it, uh, every single North American I know has had that experience. Uh, nobody has come out of saying, I am a rocking meditator. Uh, you know, it's just, <laughs> and the nature of it really is that you're sitting there looking at the monkey mind and all the, all the antics it gets up to. You don't leave, you feel more peaceful, but you don't leave thinking like, wow, I just rocked that meditation. You know, you can have a rocking meditation, but the practice is called a practice. It's not called like celebration. You know, we don't <laughs> it's true. It's a good, it's a good comment. Yeah. Just like everyone's like, Oh, I want to meditate and have a clear mind. It's like the idea is that you're just going to observe your crazy mind and we all have crazy minds. But over time, when you do it for a while, you're going to see the value in it. So just understand you're going to suck at it. Um, and then over time they'll get better. And even at those times when you're experienced, you might have lots of experiences where you just watch the mind go nuts for a while. Um, so practice makes perfect. And, and I like the way you put that there. I like how you just said it too, though, because you reminded me, I mean, they have labels when the mind does that. They have labels in Buddhism, like of all the different states, or I actually perceived it as textures. Like they were using terms that actually got to the textures of the mind that it can take. And, and so what we do with the labels and diagnoses in the States, they were just saying, okay, today, so you come out of the meditation today, I had restless mind. And I would do this with my, my high school students that I was teaching meditation to, you know, okay. So once they had the skill a little bit, once they understood the process, let's not say master, once they understood what they, where they were sitting, how they were sitting for how long they were sitting a couple of weeks after that, I, I said, okay, you guys, why don't you, uh, take a minute and write your journal what your mind was telling you today like was it was there a lot of complaining was there a lot of worrying so then it helps them get to know the core there's a you know how there's a like a typically like one or two tones that the mind sits in i mean but there can be daily like one day it's very active and bursty another day it's very dull and lethargic they have words to describe those textures of the mind um and they have the basic premise of all Buddhism that every human mind is a neurotic mind. Work with it. Here are the tools. So I feel like um, one of the things that I come up against, and I, I use that wording on, on purpose, is people in North America in particular approach this work with this feeling that they're going to want to do it. And this feeling like they're, they're, they're going to want to, they're going to get these blocks that they're going to, that they should already have had them come to their conscious mind is another one. Like what's wrong with me that this hasn't healed yet. I've done this, 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 and this, and this, and what's wrong with me that this, I've been working on this issue for years. I've been processing this issue for years. You know, uh, they love that word. Um, I remember the first time when I came back from Asia, I, I was reminded of, of, of what that word meant when somebody used it. And it was the same thing with the phrase figuring it out because I've been so removed from this culture for so long. I, I remember sitting there feeling like I was going back in um, dimensions or, or time warps to collect and connect with where I had heard figuring it out. 
Like I had to go back lifetimes and it was only a decade. And I feel the same way about the word processing that gets used in America. You can hear my arrogance. Um, and, and I'm okay with that. I do have arrogance towards the uh, spiritual marketplace because it's, it's, it's done from such an egocentric positioning. And, and, and people come to me with these beliefs that are so trained by the marketplace and being, you know, especially in America, used to customer service being a certain way and demanding when they don't get what they want, which helps further cultivate the ego mind. And so when they come up against their own personal spiritual evolution and they're like, um, why hasn't this cleared yet? You know, <laughs> you've been working with this carver for, for how many lifetimes, sister? Come on. You know, I have this one client that um, makes me laugh. Uh, her most, her like biggest challenge in life. Um, and I, I know she's had it for many lifetimes. And, and after like six months of work, she's like, shouldn't I be done with this already? <laughs> and so like, I laugh and you, you're smiling too, Matt. But the, like the, the premise behind this, you know, the yogic sages, when you look at what they wrote and like practicing Qigong and living amongst the Chinese, I mean, the Qigong practice that I do has 18 movements and monks would have to go and apprentice in a monastery for a year to just learn the first of the 18 movements. Sweeping, doing dishes, shoveling shite, you know, to, and then after a year, they were given maybe the second, third, and fourth movement of the series of 18. So it's like, I, and then I teach Qigong here and I'm whipping out the 18 in like an hour for $25. You know, it's, <laughs> it's like, how do you make these two worlds meet? Because they understand that you have to earn the right to gain power. They understand over in the East, the practice, the history, the centuries, the lineage of proving yourself and, and disciplining enough of your ego before you approach having more power. And yet it's so, it's so convoluted in, in the American and North American marketplace and, and marketing to, to it on Facebook is absurd. I do it anyway um, because, you know, people can sniff it out and, and, and know when something's for them. And that's another, you asked a question a while ago, what can people do? One of the other trip ups I see a lot of people um, coming to me with is like, they, like I was already saying, they expect to feel like elated about doing this work and your heart chakra by both the yogic culture and the traditional Chinese culture, they believe that the spirit's housed in the heart chakra. Um, traditional, you probably know this, Matt, the Taoists distinguish the soul being down in the lower Dantian and the message center having the spirit. Well, for the purposes of our discussion today, we don't have to distinguish between soul and spirit. But you know when you're excited about somebody or you feel resonant with what they're saying or, or you see an ad for a workshop and you're like, yes! I want to go to that or you feel lighter about something that's your spirit saying yes it's guidance so another one of the things that I, I find myself working with a lot is people expect to increase their intuition through like third eye groovy out there imagery that they look at on youtube and it's gonna open their third eye and then they're gonna start seeing like et's and saucers and you know <laughs> i'm really going off thanks matt for creating the space for this <laughs> Have you been like one of those people throughout your life that people just tell like stuff to that they don't normally tell others or? Yes. <laughs> yep. That's what happens when you listen. But I know, but I know what you mean though. I, it, it, this, when you, I've never heard it referred to as a spiritual marketplace. Um, and I think that, you know, where you're coming from essentially to me is like the Western world wants like the quick and easy and they want like, you know, the sit on your butt and eat Kentucky fried chicken and still lose weight. And the Eastern philosophy is that there's a lot of reference. There's a lot of history. There's a lot of respect. There's a lot of discipline and it's not sexy. You know what I mean? It's just like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, go earn this. And here it's just like, just give it to me. I've given you 995. Now show me enlightenment and turn my third eye on and let me go ride on a spaceship. And, and why hasn't it happened yet? Why hasn't it happened you. right now? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, and then when you're talking about the marketplace, I think that, you know, like when I refer to Native American history, you know, I've had the privilege and honor to train with David Lombear Senapass, who uh, his history is something that uh, is not very common at all. 
and uh, training with the Shaolin monks and how they trained and training with the Tibetan monks and understanding that all of this takes time and it goes beyond the ego. And what's happening now is I see it's become popularized. And yes. so, so that's good in a way. And what's yes. happening is that the way that I refer to it is not everybody has a black belt yet and that we need to honor the belt that we're at. So let's say you were fully in ego and it was all about acquiring stuff and you'd run over kittens and you didn't give a crap about anything. Um, <laughs> you know, that's so that's all right. And then you, all of a sudden you're like, Oh, you know what? I want to be a bit more mindful. I want to, you know, go through my own stuff and you start, you know, being yourself, but being a little bit more cognizant, a little bit more aware and learning things that are valuable. Maybe you're taking better care of your body and, and uh, you're thinking a little bit differently and you're feeling a little bit better. And you notice over here, all the people you are friends with, they're still really in pain because you found out why you were in pain and all this kind of thing. You can help them and you can create a business around that. Just wear the belt that you have and enjoy the continuing process because it's not like a roller coaster where everything is fun and dandy and sexy. Most of it is like, oh God, like that shadow part or that thing, or you want me to sit here? This is not comfortable. I don't want to do that. And so it's a lot of stuff you don't want to do over a long period of time. And um, that's just a part of the work. And that's why it takes a while to, you know, like in jujitsu to work to learn a legit black belt it takes forever but people want a black belt in a year you know yeah. and, and that's yeah. a part of it yeah so what do you see as excuse me that's really great what you just said um i don't know what do you think matt how do you how do you see us being able to get through the ego in the in the west and communicate more to the spirit and bring it forward even more. Jeez. Yeah. Well, well, culturally, you know, so systems wise, I like that. So culturally, um, you know, through, through uh, media, through music, that's like high level systems of having like proper uh, mental nutrients, like through like movies, media, stuff like that. That's one way positive music. This is a big scale type of stuff, education. And um, that's why I wrote Zen Athlete is ideally these singers and athletes can be positive ambassadors to just have congruent teachers, like for us to popularize people who should be popularized and for them to be heard so we can educate and create these systems because right now it's an individual process. You know, in the West, people are going to wake up when they want to wake up and when they're ready, they can, they can find, they'll find the right teacher, they'll find the work, but it's really, I think, individual like just be committed to the work and, and, and yeah. to understanding yourself and, and growing and being a good human being and um, having that courage. And that's really it. Cause uh, then you can find teachers like you, you can find teachers, you know, you can find podcasts like this, you know, you can find information, but it's that willingness. Cause there's, you know, that expression, there's a million roads to the path home. And um, I believe that. And so it's just the honest, honest asking. You know, if you're ready and you want to upgrade, just honestly ask yourself, ask spirit, um, open your eyes, be compassionate, be kind to yourself and others, and then move forward ignorantly because nobody knows what is going on anyways. So <laughs> kind of like enjoy the ride and enjoy the experience. So that's my kind of rant on that. That's a, a good question. What do you think? Um, I like what you said. I get to tell you, like, I'm going to just do this because this is the nature of our interview. <laughs> I'm going to just go with it. <laughs> Do it. Do it. What I was, maybe you had this. I'd be interested to know if you had this. I'm so also grateful to talk with somebody who's lived over there. Um, when I came back from the 10 years, I mean, I would come back in the summers. I'd pick up my supplements in bulk and I'd visit with the people I love and I'd go back. So I wasn't tuned into what I was seeing. I knew I was going back and I was preparing to go back for another school year. So when I came back to live here, I tuned in and my first two years here, I felt like there were knives getting thrown at my head. That was how not soft it was here. I'll give another example. My best friend, uh, a fellow expat from South Africa, who I lived um, with and played with over in Taiwan. I didn't live with her, but she lives in the same uh, city as me. She, I went to visit her in South Africa and I, she was working that day and I was with a bunch of her girlfriends and they were talking and they were talking and they're, it's one of my favorite accents on the planet, their melodious South African accent. And I realized that as I was talking to them, as I've spoken through this whole interview in this like nasally confident American tone, and I realized like the girls were really uncomfortable. 
and, and so I, I started to talk in a softer way and I started to go up and down and, and, and have the energy that I spoke with for the decade I lived over in Asia. Paying attention to energy. And I'm not blaming anyone because you all do enough of that yourselves. You know, what I love to do is to take people out of where they blame themselves. Like even in the metaphysical community. So hold on, let me back that up. So there's a lot of training that we have in, in, in the conditioning as a, in our culture that I was, because I traveled before living over in Asia, I, I was already alerted to. And because I was a meditator, I was already alerted to observing. And because I couldn't read Chinese and I could only speak it, I, I, had, I was able to tune out of like a lot of the background noise and really observe different dynamics in, in living. And so, um, why am I saying this? So part of what I present is, is this ability to understand the cultural unconscious conditioning that we have as North Americans. And one of my greatest joys is to help free North Americans from that conditioning that makes us take on more because we are the productive continent that makes us think that it's more competitive than it really is because that's the nature of being colonies. And, and so that you can come out of making yourself bad or wrong that there are so many different layers and levels to why you don't choose what you don't choose, why you don't even think that those things are a choice, but other people you see choosing them, and why you choose what you continue to choose. Um, and one of the things that I see in the metaphysical community that I would love and in the spiritual marketplace that I would I, I love to dismiss for people is the habit of making yourself bad and wrong. So people start dallying in law of attraction, right? And they, you know how they, they start to say, I must have done something to attract that, right? What I see a lot of people do when they, when they have something show up or they attracted something they don't like is, well, I suck. What's wrong with me that I would create that in my life? Like whether it's a, a physical diagnosis or a, um, a, a relationship that went awry, like they, they start drilling themselves instead of like the more detached observer perspective that you gain from meditation, recognizing, ooh, here's another chunk that's come up to clear for me to evolve more. So instead they go into that like conditioning and some of it's Catholic church and some of it's Jewish religion and, and who knows what else it's from, but of making themselves bad and wrong. And from us not having a practice that's implied, implicit throughout the undercurrents of our entire system that looking inside is a good thing. And what you find isn't gonna all be sexy, as you said, Matt. In fact, you're gonna find a whole lot of shite. Sometimes as if you're wearing a diaper and you're sticking your hand in there coming up with a whole handful of it. It's just not pretty. <laughs> but you don't have to make yourself bad and wrong about it. That's like the combination that I see happens a lot in North America. It's, it's like, as they find their stuff, it's like, oh my God, I'm so bad. Yeah, and it, well, I think what you're referring to, like when you talk about the Western world, it, for me, I studied um, hypnosis and persuasion and mass persuasion and psychology. And then so looking at how that is affected through different things, like if I say, don't think about a pink banana or try not to imagine a purple hippopotamus, your mind has to try to figure that out, what I'm saying. And what's happening is I believe a mass hypnosis through media, through education and through uh, television and television programs. You know, I give the example often that, um, you know, you go on, flip on the TV in the States and it's not just CSI. It's a whole four hour segment of different murder shows. Yes. About murder. Yeah. That's, and then there's one in Canada and probably in the U S now that literally the title is murder. And it's, it's funny, but it's also ridiculous because if that's, what's going in, it's affecting you. And, and what you're talking about is running on unconscious patterns. You're not even aware of, and you yeah. just think it's normal living. You know, one of the things that I'll say is like, um, you know, people will, will go about their daily life and they'll have that state of consciousness, whether like state of happiness, state of contentment, um, wherever they are with their job or friends and like that's the norm and that's just it they don't see it any better or worse but really you go somewhere else and their state of normal is so different and i think that's why traveling is so powerful and valuable because you can see how people are um living and how they're acting and how they're creating community and then also understanding like how they treat them to themselves and i don't know if you were meaning this for the last point that i'll just chime in on is like the uh you know, the American, Canadian, North American thing of acquisition, just get more stuff, get more stuff, get more stuff. 
you know, why not chill out? Like, what about like a better, <laughs> why not? you know, a better home balance, you know? And it's not about like you go and, and you go to the gym to get the biggest muscles. And that's what we do. It's all like this acquisition of a muscle now of a thing. And so I think just the underlying thing is just looking at your motivations, why you're doing anything, being kinder and compassionate to yourself and being open to listening and, and um, understanding that it like, one of the things you've kind of referenced a few times is just look in first before out, you know, like when you look at the consciousness all the time, everything is consciousness and something comes in. That's a, that's not ideal. That's also the, you are in the universe. If I go skateboarding, there's a chance I'm going to fall on my ass. You know what I mean? That's a part of the game. If you're yeah. human, this is a part of the game too. So um, that's all I'll say about that. Cause I know that um, you've got an appointment and I want to honor that but also just give you the chance to share anything else that you want to share. Um, tell people where they can find you, any clothing thoughts, rants, you know? Well, I don't know that we have more time for me to rant before my next client comes in. So <laughs> I think my ranting is done. Matt, you've been a joy and a treasure to um, be spending time with during this time. Thank you for making it such a treat. My pleasure. Thanks for coming. Yeah. I, 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 traveling is a great way. I love what you said about that. My dad actually says that he thinks it should be implemented, um, that everybody before they graduate should travel internationally, which is what I did. I fought to become a, a, an exchange student in Venezuela at the time. Um, and, and when I asked to go back, they, they shut me down, but they did give me the first trip. <laughs> and then speaking of acquisitions and, and giving, um, yeah, I love what you said about like, look at your motivations, why you're doing, why you're choosing this, like just become more conscious of your consciousness. So people can find me uh, vibrationalupgrade.com. Uh, I'm on Facebook, Vibrational Upgrade Community. Uh, it's a free Facebook group. Uh, you can get my books on Amazon, Allison1LJ is the middle initial, K-A-Y is the last name. And I really love to work with people who have rejected the struggle paradigm. I really love to work with people who are really living on the cutting edge of possibilities. I'm a maverick in case I haven't already come across like that. My, one of my primary team members last night was like, Allison, you're like a Viking on a ship where you're going out on the first thing and you're breaking all the ice down and you're making it easier for everybody else to go out after you. Um, yeah. And we are living in a sense right now that is so like all of this new consciousness is becoming available in our spiritual awakening time. And there's so much more that's becoming possible, like time travel. There's more collapsing right now. I'm having myself and my clients have more bleed throughs when they walk through a certain spot where all of a sudden they get a flash of like something that happened in 1850 or something that happened at another time. I'm not saying it's unmanageable and blah, 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 blah. Um, don't go into worry. All I'm saying is that as we develop our intuitive capacities and our intuitive gifts, what I'm seeing are more and more possibilities. And not just to go out there, but to be here physically and learning how to like with more ease, have what we desire to take care of our physical basic needs and foundational support. It, there's so much more coming possible, becoming possible right now. And I love to hook my client systems up to it so like it's, it's all much more pleasurable. I mean, and, and yeah, the, the shite's there, but even the shite can be looked at and laughed. One of the things I love too is the humor. You know, the humor that so many of the masters use. And, and I, I know that for me, whenever I, especially in Asia, when I was like, the first time I cleared land behind this temple on a hill in Taiwan, it was the first time I had ever consciously gotten called to clear land. And I was a little intimidated at first. Uh, it, 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 but I listened to my guidance and I brought in what I did and cleared the land. And it was a lovely honor to be able to do that. And I don't even remember why I'm saying that one. Um, you're very present. And I get, I get into that presence field. And so I like, I, I go in instead of like totally staying over here with my train of thought. Oh, it's fantastic. Um, well, you're talking about the one thing that the only thing that I was going to add on to that was just the, you know, the understanding that we are in possibility now. I think that we all have infinite potential, you know, and so directed from our consciousness, but I think a, a worthy heart centered vision with understanding that you are connected to the whole freaking universe and you are infinitely powerful um, and living in that joy and that possibility. And also on the flip side, like literally just being grounded, like being human, being in the crap, going to the 
get your groceries, being kind, you know, don't run over the cat on the way, just stop. You know? Or the squirrels. Uh, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just, you, know, right. just, you know, because that's all of that is life too. You know, it's like we're trying to get from point to point and we can, we do have that possibility and, and we have, you know, I don't know, we're like made of stardust and the whole universe is confusing and we just saw the black hole for the first time. Nobody knows what's going on, but this is like the mystery. This is the consciousness we'll want to be in. This is the experience. And you have that capability if you can learn to, you know, hone in on your consciousness, on your intentions and your actions and just make them uh, deliberate, not by default. Yeah, not by default. If you just default even Default settings suck. And it's 85% at least of where the majority are living from. So if you picture freeing up, like of that 85%, half of that, like 42.5%, do you know how much more power you would have access to? That's what I'm doing day in and day out. So come play. Now I'm going to go to my next client, okay? And yeah. um, I, I just want to talk <laughs> with you again, Matt. It's been an honor, mate. Yeah, you too. Well, we'll stay in contact. Thanks for your um, energy and enthusiasm. It was awesome over on this side to observe. And I'm, you know, here in person, you are like, I'll be on the ship. I'll, I'll, I have faith. It's going to be a crazy ride, but I'm going to be on it. But like, we are definitely breaking new ground. So thank you for uh, everything you shared in your work. We'll stay in touch. Okay. Blessings to you for all that you're doing and good luck with everything you're up to and the baby coming. Yes. Thank you. I appreciate it. Cheers, mate. Okay. Bye. Bye. Right on, good people. I hope that you enjoyed that amazing episode with Dr. Allison J.K. I know that I did. I really appreciate people who are no-nonsense, straightforward, to the point, and uh, she is definitely all of those things. I want to thank all of my patrons, everybody who's been supporting the show by sharing, by doing acts of kindness, by leaving reviews, by uh, tossing a buck in the bucket on Patreon. Um, All of that goes an incredibly long way, so I so much appreciate all of you for doing that. If you guys are interested in coaching, definitely hit me up at mattbelair.com forward slash coaching. I'm working with really two types of people. The first one are those of you who are basically looking to connect more to your life mission, to your soul mission, to your purpose, to feel inspired and to uncover that. There are tools that you can go through to get really, really clear in a short period of time to uncover more closely what your life purpose is. And everybody has um, an inspiring vision. I assure you it's um, it happens once you kind of go through the process and, the, and then how to create a life where you're calling that in and you're creating their reality. So there's a very powerful program I put together for people like that. And also for those entrepreneurs, for those high performers, obviously with the background in sports and peak performance, if you want me to come in and talk to your staff, do a training, talk about flow state, consciousness, law of attraction, anything like that, just hit me up, matt at zenathlete.com. And I think that about wraps it up. So thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate you. Let's come into a state of peace and coherence before we close it out. So wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing for a moment. Taking a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and just let it out slowly, filling every cell and every muscle and every fiber of your being with peace, contentment, personal empowerment, self-love, inspiration, and ready to take on the rest of the day. So thank you so much for listening, and I will see you in the next episode.